Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, I'm super excited about our guest. We have Sally Holder. Sally, acclaimed best-selling author of Hitting Rock Middle, the roadmap from empty success to true fulfillment, podcast host and founder of The Brim. She is a sought-after coach, speaker, trainer and guide to her clients breaking out of their silent scream in success and into true fulfillment. As a nationally recognized public speaker and business coach, Sally has spent more than 15 years helping businesses, entrepreneurs and employees identify what's getting in their way and then breaking down those barriers to success. Sally earned a degree in human and organizational development from Vanderbilt University and followed that by earning her law degree while spending more than 10 years practicing labor and employment law, advising small companies as well as giants like FedEx and Michelin. She grew passionate about the growth of businesses. Moving beyond her law practice, she became an entrepreneur, starting her own business in coaching, and here she discovered her true passion, helping others making the bold choices that led to lasting success and happiness. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, this morning or this evening, depending on where you are at and what part of the world, we have the lovely Sally Holder. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I'm very excited to be here and excited to connect with you. Thank you for coming on the show. So we always love to start by asking our woman of inspiration her unique story. So Sally, what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, I absolutely love working with female entrepreneurs. You know, I always say that my gift is being able to help women earn more money. Um, It's what I absolutely love to be able to do. I spent a long time in my career believing that work had to be miserable and it had to be hard. And that was sort of the mantra that I really grew up with is believing that work was something that, you know, 
just had to be done. You didn't enjoy it. And then you got to the good parts of life. And I have really, over the last 15 years, been studying, um, you know, my own evolution and looking at work and how it can be something that you get to love, that you get to love the process of what you do and bringing your craft to the world. And I believe that when you're doing the thing that you're meant to do, then you really will love most of it, not all of it, but most of it. And that, um, and I love helping women be able to um, come back to that and and find what they love to do and do it really well and earn a fantastic living doing it too. So mm. so how do you find, because I find that a lot of women we've had on the show um, kind of shun away when it comes to finances. So how do you help them earn more money? What's your trick? Isn't that so true? I, we really do as women, you know, lean back when it comes to our finances and we believe that price is often the problem. And so, you know, that's kind of my mantra to female entrepreneurs is is what I have discovered um, is that price really often is not the problem. That what is the problem very often is your belief system in what it is that you offer. So, you know, I always say that instead of operating your business, like what I refer to as kind of the Jenga tower mentality, that uh, we have a very small base of belief, and then we just get into action, building, 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 and we hope with our eyes closed and our fingers crossed that we will get to the destination of the level of income that we want. And I have found that that model doesn't actually work. What does work is switching the model entirely to build it on a very strong foundation of belief in what you do and belief in the value that you offer to the world. And when it you build that belief very deep and very strong, then the system looks much more like a pyramid, right? We're adding layers on top of it, um, layers that are interchangeable, that won't make you topple over if you remove one of them, and that you can consistently change you know, your delivery mechanisms of how you get your product in the hands of people. But um, your belief in the value that you give them will never change. And so I think that really we have all got to start there is understanding um, that people need what you have to give. And a lot of people, I believe, skip over that step. So, you know, that's generally where I end up beginning with my female entrepreneurs is coming back to that, getting them um, to dig deep into the why, the root of why they began doing what it is that they do. And then, you know, doing some more concrete steps, you know, about the communication of that, but, but all coming back to believing in, um, in the, the company that they've built. So when you're talking about uh, building your why, and then you were talking about beliefs. Now, obviously, I think a lot of the times what gets in our way is those limiting beliefs about whether we're worthy of, of being successful or making money. Uh, how do you work through when you've, you've got these roadblocks or these limiting beliefs about money? What do you do? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I do is that I work with women to start at the very beginning. You know, a lot of people will go through their individual story, but they start that story at the time that they began their company or they start telling the story of who they are from, you know, the time that they began their career. 
Um, but as you mentioned, those be- limiting beliefs often started well before that. So I believe it's really critical for us to go back as individuals, you know, and look at our entire history of who we are as people and ask ourselves, okay, um, you know, let me go ahead and tell my entire story out to someone. And hopefully you have a business coach or someone that you can work through this with as well. But, you know, I'm always challenging my clients to, you know, go through their life story from the very beginning, you know, and I always kind of jokingly say it starts with, okay, where did you grow up? And they never like beginning there, but that's where it all does start. That's, that's where we grab many of our, um, you know, foundations for who we become. And, and very often when we unpack their entire life history, you know, before they got into their career, we're able to see where those limiting beliefs began. And we're able to kind of see, you know, what they were based on, the assumptions they were based on, the mistruths they were based on, um, and, you know, give them some facts to counterbalance the feelings that have been, you know, guiding them thus far. Mm. And you also mentioned about talking through the layers. So it's like a pyramid. And if you pull one of the layers off, it doesn't uh, impact the others. So what are the layers? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think the Jenga tower, um, that's what's so interesting is that you know, in the Jenga Tower model, the layers could be, right, um, the action steps that you're taking to build your business. But um, one of the layers gets pulled out by anything small in that particular model. Um, you know, your uh, lack of belief in your uh, revenue stream or, you know, you lose a client that would remove a layer, right? And uh, if you've ever played Jenga, you know that you're just pulling one block out from a very unstable tower and that makes the entire tower want to tip over. So what I talk about in the layers of the pyramid is that, right, the belief is the very deep, thick, um, you know, foundation that everything else is built on. And that's sort of your why, why you do what you do. Then the second layer would be what you do, right? Um, So, you know, why I put on this earth is to, you know, help make a greater impact and help make other people's lives better. You know, what I choose to do to carry that impact out is serve as a business coach for female entrepreneurs. So what you do would be the second layer. And then the third would be how you choose to do it. And then that how can keep going, you know, up and up and up as, as, as high as you want. But unlike the Jenga tower, if you pulled those hows off, like a client leaves you or a revenue stream changes, or we have, you know, a pandemic, whatever ends up going on, then it's not going to make your entire business topple, right? The whole thing doesn't fall apart. Just portions of it, pieces of it go away, but you still have the foundation, which is your belief. And you can build anything on top of that again. Whereas the Jenga tower model, some small piece is removed and, you know, the entire tower comes down. So, you know, when you believe in what you're doing and you know why you're doing what you're doing, then, you know, whatever comes along, you know, whatever bad thing we perceive to have occurred in our business, 
won't stop us from getting to the ultimate destination that we want to reach. Oh, that makes sense. Absolutely. So, so you're talking about have the strong foundation is really having a really strong why, then your what, and then your how are the mm-hmm. pieces that sit on top of that. So that, that does make sense. So Sally, I would like to maybe unpack your book a little bit, Hitting Rock Middle, The Roadmap from Empty Success to True Fulfillment. Talk us through Rock Middle. Yes. So a lot of this, I haven't just theorized about Uh, all of this is stuff that I've really personally experienced. I had my own moment of what I now refer to as hitting rock middle. And to me, it's that disconnect that often exists for many high achieving women, men as well, but I just mainly focus on women. And that is that, um, it's that place where everything externally looks good and is, you know, performing, but internally there is a disconnect between what you show on the outside and how you feel on the inside. You know, a lot of people will describe it as that gnawing feeling that things just aren't great and you don't know why, or that you, um, you know, just aren't feeling the feelings of happiness and fulfillment that you thought would come with the external success that you've achieved. And that's exactly what I experienced. I practiced labor and employment litigation in a very prestigious firm in the United States for 10 years, and I had a lot of external success, but I always felt a little ashamed about the fact that on the inside, I just wasn't that happy. I just didn't love the life I had created. And yet everyone kept coming back to me saying, you must be so happy. So when there is that disconnect going on, um, you know, I, I feel like it creates pain and discomfort for people. And there wasn't a lot of conversation around that middle place uh, um, when I was experiencing it. So you know, I vowed that when I found my way out of it, uh, that I would create a roadmap for other women to be able to do the same. Because, you know, while I had the external success, it really was the internal success that I was searching for, or a combination of both. And I believe truly now on the other side of it, that we can have both. Uh, There is a way to do that. And um, that's what I wrote about in the book, Hitting Rock Middle. So when you say there is a way to do that, I'm really curious as it, as what is the roadmap? Yeah. So in the book, I lay out an eight-step framework, and I'll just give you, it's, it's called Be Bolder, and it really is the process that I went through as I, you know, reflected back to see, well, what did I do as I was going through this evolution from rock middle to creating a new career out of the practice of law, of changing, you know, wholeheartedly what I was doing at a time when everyone else was really discouraging me from creating change. Um, you know, how did I break out of that? And so I came up with that eight step framework for people to follow. And the first step of it is really being able to define what success means to you and what that destination looks like. And not in just, you know, theoretical terms, but really in concrete examples. So, 
you know, what does a truly bountiful life look like for you? It may only look like working three hours a day. It may work look like working 12. You know, it may look like travel and, you know, getting to experience freedom by being an entrepreneur. For each person, though, it is radically different. And I wasn't finding the happiness within that career practicing law because, you know, I was a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. I was trying to make myself different than who I was. And I believe that when we all as women, especially unleash our potential, follow this framework, get out of rock middle, that we can make it a bigger impact on this world than we have ever made before. Um, and all of that really begins with, you know, redefining what your destination is and not following what someone else says it should be. Right. So the, you said the first step is defining exactly what success means to you. So whether it's a three-hour day, whatever that may be, what would be the second step? The second step is to um, envision a new reality. Um, you know, very often I would have these entrepreneurs saying to me or, or would-be entrepreneurs saying to me, well, I would love to create a, you know, a business as a coach. I would love to create a business as an artist, or I would love to create a business, you know, heck, as a lawyer, whatever. But they really couldn't envision themselves creating that. And we get whatever it is we're looking for in this life. So again, as you were defining what success looks like, you have to begin to envision what that new reality would look like for you as well. And if that new reality is encompassing a lot of the, um, you know, destination points that are critical to you, then you know the two are a match. What I was finding is that very often women were going into the scenario of saying, much like I did, I'll just use myself for an example, that success to me would mean a six-figure income. It would mean financial security. It would mean, you know, um, the ability to travel internationally and, you know, some other things. But when I looked at if had I envisioned the new reality and had I gone through the process of what I uh, propose now is I would have seen the two didn't match up, meaning that a practice of law, especially in the United States, is very limiting, right? It doesn't really include international travel. It doesn't include freedom. It may include a six-figure income, but it likely won't include a seven-figure income. So I want people to ensure that the 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 business it is that they are going to create through this process, the life that they're going to create is constantly matching up. Um, so the, the words and and the the business realities are are going to be um, one and the same. Okay, and then what would be your third step? The third step is um, for you to. Um, begin the process, right? So after you have um, created the, the destination, after you have envisioned the reality, then you can begin reverse engineering your goals, right? So um, if now you have found that being an artist, let's just say, is in fact part of what you desire, then 
And that does match up, right? You've envisioned this reality and it does create the type of life that you've wanted. Then you can reverse engineer that into your life. So how would you do that? I always recommend that you start with the end in mind. So if it is the creation of a thriving business, um, then, uh, you know, uh, practicing as an artist, then what does that business ultimately look like? Because the steps you're going to take to create a business that is a $1 million business versus a $10 million business are going to be radically different, right? The steps that you're going to take to be an artist that is internationally renowned and hanging in some of the top galleries in the world is going to be really different than, uh, say, a commercial artist that might want to produce products that are sold on Etsy, right? So I always challenge them to um, begin by starting to define that process of where they're going to go and reverse engineering um, from the end all the way to the beginning. Um, you can see how otherwise people will say, just begin, get started, right? Start painting, just start drawing. And I always say, you know, that's a great way. Um, you know, to, I don't know, get your feet wet, just have fun. But most of the time, that's not actually going to take you to your intentional destination. That's more of a way of just hoping that you accidentally get where you want to go. So I'm big on starting with the end in mind. And then what would be the fourth step, Sally? The next is overcome obstacles, you know, as much as uh, we make goes back to that limiting thinking, right? We think that, um, you know, there are roadblocks in our way. We believe that there are things like, you know, well, we just can't earn a fantastic income as an artist. Um, we, you know, no one has ever done this before. No one has done it the way that I want to. Um, and I think that we have to begin to realize and write down very often what those obstacles are or those perceived obstacles are that are um, in our way so that we, you know, identify them, that we call them out, that we write them out so that they no longer have the power over us. And that each and every time when we're going into action, we're able to see that those obstacles aren't, in fact, a reality. And one of the ways that I really, you know, when I'm actually coaching people through this process, rather than just kind of, you know, giving you a couple of quick examples is that, um, you know, fear is obviously one of the biggest um, obstacles that tends to get in people's way. And one example of how I help people get over that is just letting them know that, um, you know, there are feelings that will stop us and then there are facts that can stop us. But very often it is the emotional aspects, the fear that ends up standing in our way more so than the facts. And so one quick tool that I give people to overcome obstacles that are that they perceive are obstacles is going through that process of just creating a very simple T-chart, um, drawing it out and writing on one column the feelings associated with that obstacle or their perceived obstacle. And then on the left side, writing out all of the 
facts that then can combat those feelings, you know? Um, so when someone's saying, you know, back to my previous example, no one's ever done this before, um, then I would challenge them to say, well, you know, in order to write the facts down about this, I would say, well, um, you know, is that 100% true? Has no one ever been an artist making a significant income before? Is that a fact? Well, no, of course it's not. Just because you don't know someone in your inner circle who is doing it that way doesn't mean it can't be done. So is that 100% true? And then the second question I use to combat those feelings is, if that's not true, what could be true? And what could be true is that if I were to pursue being an artist, that it could be true that I could earn the the most in income that I've ever possibly earned because I'm doing the thing that I was put on this earth to do. That could be true. And then, okay, well, then what is the fact in this circumstance? The fact is I've been using this feeling as an obstacle to stop me from pursuing my monetary success as an artist. So, um. That's just one of the examples that I talk about, um, certainly in the book. Um, I give a lot more examples in the book of all of these and ways for you to be able to actually overcome them. Um, but we're, we're just kind of going through the framework right now. Mm, so. I love it. And then what would be the fifth step? The next is look around for social proof. You know, I always am saying never let yourself forget that there are probably people out there doing what it is that you want to do right now with less education, less experience, and less talent than you have that are making millions of dollars doing it. The only difference between them and you is the fact that they have chosen to pursue their life's calling. So Oftentimes I have found that, especially we as women, we need the social proof that it can be done and that if we dig deep enough, if we look around for evidence, again, that our entrepreneurial idea or the direction that we want to pursue change in, because that's ultimately what this is about as well, is the pursuit of change, is that when we look for that social proof that it can be done, we can find it. And that we can see evidence to, to confirm the fact that this is something that we are absolutely capable of. Um, back to kind of what you were saying earlier, um, Catherine, about owning our worth. Much of that is around um, looking for social proof, right? It's owning the work that you individually have and knowing that you wouldn't be given this talent or this inclination to pursue it if it weren't meant for you. Mm, I love that. And that's a a great way to motivate when you start uh, seeing the evidence to confirm uh, that it can be done. I love that. And what would be the sixth step? So the sixth then is you do need to um, beware of blind spots. So I do say that um, you need to do a gut check really and be honest about what stopped you from getting to your dream in the past. You know, what assumptions have you made about yourself or kept you from looking outside your career or position? And really, you know, I learned that so much of life is about the internal journey, right? It's about knowing yourself and being able to know where you were previously holding yourself back and getting honest about that part. Um, 
you know, when you begin to create change, you know, it is much like walking into an area blind, right? You haven't been there before, which is a good thing because that means it's something new, right? You haven't, you're not secure in the outcome because you haven't created this um, event before. Um, So that is also a good thing. You know, I say that our brain works much like a wheat field that on the left side, there are these patterns that we've walked down over and over and over. And then on the right side is just a complete field of high stalks as far as the eye can see. And you have no idea where that path leads. And oftentimes we don't want to look over there. We don't want to create that new path because we're fearful of the work that needs to be done. And so we don't look over there. We only see the way we've always done it. We can only see the loop is what I often refer to it as the loop that we've been stuck in for forever. And, um, but it is important, I think, to have the conversation around the fact that, you know, change is hard. It's going to require, you know, I jokingly say, you know, get out your machete, begin to cut down those stalks, begin creating your path. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to feel unfamiliar. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But that's exactly where you want to be, especially at this point in the process where you know what it is that you want to create. You've reverse engineered the goal and you're starting to walk that way. Then be confident in the fact that discomfort is going to follow and that you are on the exact right path for yourself if you feel like you are completely flying blind. I always say um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's where the magic happens. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, so true. So, Sally, I'm curious, I'm sure our listeners will be too, what is the difference between a blind spot and an obstacle? Well, I think an obstacle is one that you're well aware of right? An obstacle is one that you know, and you, um, you, you continuously talk about, you've identified over and over, that's something that's going to get in my way. Whereas a blind spot is something you're totally unaware of. It's something that you don't even know you're making assumptions about. It's a loop that you're often stuck in that you are completely blind to, that you, you believe that you're doing something different, and yet it is the same thing. Right. And so to me, those are the biggest differences is that um, and oftentimes, you know, those obstacles are things that we can see in the road that we've seen before um, and, you know, anticipate. But those the blind spots are the, the spots that, you know, we often don't anticipate coming to. Mm, that makes sense. So how do we then bring light into our blind spots? Apart from coachings, which I know that's the only way from my understanding is if you want to bring light to your blind spots is, um, you know, get a coach. Are there any other ways? Yeah, what a great question. Um, You know, I think I have found the most success for myself as well. You know, I have a coach too. And, um, you know, I think um, if you're not able to get a coach, the best thing that you can do is, you know, find your way into um, something like a mastermind, find your way into, you know, gather together uh, people who are like-minded in the sense that 
they are challenging themselves as well. And then, you know, what you're doing with a coach is you're creating that honest relationship. And so if you can recreate that with a group of other entrepreneurs or friends that you have, you know, cultivated that trust with to know that all of you are going to be honest with one another, I'm sure that that can be very effective. Um, as well, you know, it, it really is about just cultivating that honesty so that they can put a mirror up to you and be able to show you what it is that you can't see. Because so self true. can't self can't see self, right? Mm, so true. And it's uh, sometimes it's when um, I've been in several mastermind groups, and it's when they share their stories. So you think oh, I go through that? Oh, mm-hmm. I've done that, and that does bring it to light. So then, what's the seventh step? evaluate it and sell it. So I love, um, you know, we do all of these internal things and all of this internal work, but at the end of the day, you know, you need to believe. And again, back to what we were talking about, you know, at the very beginning about your offer and the, what it is that you have to give the world and you need to believe it, you know, in your body and soul and, know that nothing can stop you. And, you know, after that, then you are not going to be attached to the outcome of what anyone says either. And so a lot of what I talk about in the book in terms of, you know, this, um, you know, second to last step is really being able to, now that you have that belief and understanding of your direction and your internal goals, and you know where you're going and you've created change, you don't need to be attached to the beliefs of other people. When you have that internal belief, you can go out there and sell it unlike anything you have attempted to sell before because you're not attached to the outcome of what other people say. You know, I always equate it to like a woman in a diner pouring coffee, right? She is not attached to whether or not the diners in the, you know, in their booths say yes or no, I want coffee. She just pours the coffee, walks on to the next person and says, would you like coffee? They say yes or no. She pours the coffee. She moves on. So she is not, you know, crushed when someone does not want or believe in the product or the offering that she has. She just gives it. And that is why we do all of this work to get to this point when I push you out of the nest and say, go and sell it and know that all of this is going to come from within the attraction of like-minded people. You will find your customer base. You will find the people who believe what you believe. And you're just sifting and sorting through people as you go through your offering process to find the people who believe what you believe. So Mm. love it. And then the final step. Yes. And so the final one is to run with it. You have to get into action. You don't have to overcome every obstacle or anything like that. You just need to take one step every day and not waste your time being overwhelmed, trying to accomplish everything at once, right? I want people to stop trying to multitask, but be laser focused on the work that is going to move the needle on your direction. So very often I see entrepreneurs create all this, do all the hard work, they create it, they begin to sell it, and then they get distracted, right? They begin taking steps that are priorities for other people instead of taking the steps that should be a priority for their business, 
right? They need to get into action, taking the next right step for them. And so one step a day will lead up 365 steps in an entire year. And that is more than enough, right? You will have done more than enough when you do that, when you focus on your business, you will have moved the needle so much more and accomplished more than enough when you're doing that one major step a day versus attempting to lose focus, lose sight, and then, you know, run in the direction of what someone else has suddenly told you you should be doing or that this is a better way of accomplishing what your goals are and what it is that, you know, you came here to do. Mm. So I'm curious because you were talking about internal satisfaction. How does how does one know if they're stuck in rock middle? Um, you know, I think it's really different for everyone. Um, a couple of things. One, head over to my website at sallyholder.com. Um, that's spelled S-A-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-D-E-R.com. And you can take a quiz to be able to see if you are in rock middle or not. Um, And in it really, I just pose a couple of questions about the way that you feel about your life and career. And again, to me, it comes down to that discord, right? The disconnect between the internal and the external, the disconnect that often happens between how we show up for the world and what we let them see versus how we feel on the inside and what we end up ultimately believing about ourselves on the inside. Um, You know, again, most often I find people who are in rock middle are the ones that have always known they wanted to create something different. They wanted to be in a very different cage. And yet they have this cage of their own making that they feel like they can't change. They feel like because they're in a place of success, especially women, that we, they ought to stay there and they ought to be grateful, that they ought to feel happy where they are and that there's something wrong with them. And that to me, if you get nothing else out of this as a listener, know there is nothing wrong with you. There is something wrong with our society and the structure of things that says, if you have all the external, it doesn't matter how you feel internally. And that to me is wrong, is that I want people to know that that this term exists so it can begin a conversation around this discord that that so many people are feeling. And, you know, I think that when they have a terminology like rock metal to talk about, to express and to say, yeah, this might be what I'm feeling, then very often there will be a solution to come out of it. They will begin to look for opportunities to create the change that they've been wanting to create. So we'll have that link in the show notes. So Sally, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Oh gosh, one word. Um, I would say, I guess, passion. Mm, I, I think passion suits you. I can, it's oozing through across the <laughs> internet. So um, I agree with that. And then the final question is, Uh, We always love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny gold nuggets for our listeners. So, so, whoops, what would be three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Oh, yes, yes. So that I I did mention one of them um, because I knew this was going to be asked and I um, 
so I've already mentioned one of them, which is the facts versus feelings um, chart, because that has been really just so instrumental in the change that I wanted um, to be able to achieve is it's constantly getting myself out of feeling mode um, and being able to to know that, um, you know, the, that the facts really do support creating change, that the facts are going to lead me in a much better direction than my feelings ever were. So um, that would be my first. Um, let's see the the second. I'm I'm trying to remember exactly what I said. I know I had some good ones there. Maybe you can remind me if I sent them your way. Um, I think the second, I guess, golden nugget would be that you know you're never stuck. You are never stuck. Um, and, and that's what I'm feeling most passionate about today. So that's what I'll talk about is that, um, you know, you're never stuck in that cage that you can create any type of change. It doesn't matter how old you are, what your income is, where you are right this minute, you are capable of creating the change that you want. Um, and you know, I'm a big believer that you're always moving closer to or further away from your dreams. And so I would say that um, it's really critical for you to understand that you don't just stay in rock middle, that if you're sitting in rock middle right now wanting to create the change, you can do it and know that um, now's the time because you're either moving closer to that dream or further away from it. So it's time to get off right the the path that you've been on and start creating a new one um the the other you did um, maybe talk us through the 80 20 rule yes so the last one i'll leave is something that i talked about really recently and i i Catherine, i'm sure you've heard this one is that we ought to spend 80 percent of our time producing content and only 20 percent of our time consuming it. And this is something that's just been a rule of thumb for a very long time in the coaching world. And um, I, I brought it back out recently for my group of female entrepreneurs that I coach. And, um, you know, they were really struck by it, um, especially right now in today's day and age where you can consume so much information. But it is important just to get into action. You know, at the end of the day, imperfect action will beat perfect inaction every single day. So I'll say that again, imperfect, I am imperfect action will beat perfect inaction all day long. So if you sit and you wait until things are perfect before you get started, you will never begin. You will never get going. And so go ahead and jump in and spend your time producing content. Spend 80% of it putting your information out there, what you know, what you believe, what you trust, what's in your gut, all of that, and then spend 20% of your time consuming new information. And then again, flip your channel back over to the production again. Mm, I love all of those. And Sally, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Really the best place to find me is on Instagram at sallyholder.com. Er, at, it's just at Sally Holder. Sorry about that. No, um, it's fine. Yeah, at, at S A L L I E H O L D E R. Yep, they, I'm on Instagram really regularly. 
Um, I also have a free Facebook group that I offer a lot of free content and called the Momentum Makers. And um, I would love for any of your listeners to join that as well. Thank you so much, Sally. We'll have that all in the show notes. I just can't thank you enough for coming on the show, for sharing your wealth of wisdom and your time and energy. Thank you so very much. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Catherine. It was such a joy to get to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.